0: It looks so good.
1: Sorry. I was feeling what headed. I didn't even know
0: this. No, I'm glad you have it. I'm glad you have it.
2: Um, you guys, this is kind of relevant, especially now that Brandon's is here. Um, I think you guys might enjoy this. I finally looked up this guy or this band. Is this your- <laughs>
3: Not.
2: like Kansig. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really sound like him that much. <laughs> I don't know why they're dressed like women. I guess they're dressed like Courtney Love or something.
3: right
0: now. This is insane.
3: <laughs> Let's try some fucking cute right now. Oh, on oh, oh. Come on. I can't, I can't walk out Because I love you too much, baby, yeah. Why can't you see? Whoa, whoa, What you doing to me?
2: So you right, so how do you know
0: That's these fun. people
2: <laughs> i don't know them <laughs> i um they played uh what do you call it? Oh, this is my email. Um, they played um <laughs> I did it again. They played uh, the Somebody's the actually what?
1: Somebody's wedding.
2: <laughs> Probably. Um, they played um at the venue Me Without You playing at.
0: Oh my god.
2: Yeah. They do not seem like they have they can gather that much of an audience.
0: <laughs> they I- have they have twelve K followers on Instagram. I don't know how big that venue is.
2: It's a pretty big venue. Um, like, I've seen the Disco Biscuits play there. I don't like the Disco Biscuits, but I've seen them a number of times.
0: Well, everybody's saying this last me without you show is really good. So I'm sorry you don't like the band, but thank you for coming with me.
2: I'm sure it'll be fine.
0: You'll just be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, as I've only actually gone to one show I wanted to go to there, and I think I've been there three or four times. <laughs>
0: Another of another of another to the list.
2: Yeah, yeah. The first time I went there was for the Disco Biscuits, who I don't like, but I was just trying to do headcount. Who were the Disco Biscuits? You know the Disco Biscuits. They're like a they're a jam band from Philly. They they do um, like sort of uh, like ish like electronica sort of meets fish. Mm. Like, if you take all of the interesting stuff out of Fish, like all the Sun Ra and Frank Zappa influence, and I don't even know if they do any sort of dancey stuff, really, but uh, yeah, I don't know. My one friend's seen him like 400 times. Oh shit, that was quick. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs>
0: How's it going? Hi.
2: Um, so do you guys know anything about him? I think I say you out a length. <laughs>
0: No, Rob Rob spent the entire week doing research and I think Brandon did a little and I did none. I don't so. I don't know. <laughs>
4: okay. I mean it's a podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean it's all bullshit. I I just like the stuff you post and I just want to talk about the sort of things you post. I I've I've talked to uh back when I used to do this podcast I talked to a conspiracy theorist who um had a podcast called the Gnostic Warrior. Um <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's definitely not me
2: no 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 he was great though he used to write for Infowars, and he said that alex jones is a honeypot operation i and, mean that's uh, probably true it might be i feel i was thinking about this earlier like i feel like alex jones is kind of like the last of an old school kind of uh right-wing conspiracy theorist that so like, where
0: where you would go to flea markets and you would see like vhs tapes for sale like new world order like yeah,
4: yeah.
2: He actually does research, it seems like. But I feel like most modern uh, conspiracy theorists are just based on, like, internal logic. Like, just things they think up and then can't answer. And they're just like, well, if I can't answer this, then I thought of it, then clearly (laughs) nobody else can.
4: No, he's like a bridge between, uh, like, an earlier generation and today because, like, he does some research, like, his Bohemian Grove stuff. Like, he obviously knew about the place, but, like... None of he didn't do any research at all about like the actual history of the place. No, and so, like-, like Moloch is an owl, but that's not historically how Moloch has been um, represented. It's actually probably Minerva. So, like, even his research is really, really bad. <laughs>
2: Didn't he just like I didn't I know there's was like an hour hour and a half long documentary he did about it, but didn't he just yeah. like go and just yell about demons or something too? Like
4: so he like snuck snuck in. I use that in air quotes because I don't right. think he ac- I think they knew like he was coming. He he did it with John Ronson, so it's like John Ronson. Yeah, so John Ronson was shooting a TV show and writing a book, um, like secret rulers of the world, crazy rulers of the world or something. And Jones was one of the people he profiled. So John Ronson and Alex Jones snuck into the Bohemian Grove. But when you watch the documentary and they're walking around, nothing, like he's not capturing anything. And at the very end, when it's like, it's the burning of an effigy of a child, which is like something (laughs) that goes back generations. Like if you look in different secret societies or different cultures, like they burn effigies. So like nothing he captures is satanic. Um, like the one thing that sort of ties it all together at the end is he interviews this conspiracy guy, Tex Mars, who I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly is the guy who like says it's the Babylonian God Moloch, but it's Jones is an idiot. But I mean,
2: Jones does read though. Cause like I used to watch Infowars a little bit when I was in high yeah. school because it used to be funnier. Like he used to have on like Doug Stanhope and Patrice O'Neill and stuff. And they would just be like making fun of him and he would just be really, like seriously focused and, and Reduck stand up asking him like, it's like, so what do you like do to relax? Like what does Alex Jones do? Does he like go and like have a picnic with his family somewhere? And Jones is just like, I don't know do. <laughs> just started like, they are trying to kill us. Like the Rockefellers are poisoning the water. I
1: think and he shoots guns and barbecues. Oh, dang,
2: so what do you
4: do? What do oh. I do? Or sorry, what? Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Good question,
1: I can (laughs) can very clearly hear Doug Stanhope saying that to him.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Doug
1: like, you go to a picnic?
2: (laughs) The best thing, the thing thing that got me into Jones originally, this is like talking 15 years ago, like way before he was on like uh, uh, Piers Morgan and stuff, talking about how the American Revolution was going to come again and take up their guns. Um, was because Doug Stanhope had him open for him in Texas, in Houston, I think, <laughs> or Austin. No, it was in Austin. Um, he had him do a 10 minute set. And Jones starts off like trying to tell jokes about how the government's trying to kill you. It's really, it's an honor to bring him up here.
1: Uh, please keep it going for the Lord of Conspiracy, Alex Jones, everybody. Yeah!
3: I feel sorry for you. I mean, you came out here to have a good time and hear some great comics. And believe me, you've heard of that last guy. It was absolutely amazing. Now, Doug's, Doug's great, too. He's a, well, he's a degenerate atheist. But other than that, he's a pretty good guy. No, but seriously, uh, I'm not a comedian. And I've heard a lot of stuff about Iraq. And I've heard some other comments about politics and, Let's just go over some basic stuff here for a minute, okay? This is not a drill. This is some serious shit.
2: All right. And then starts like shit talking to war in Iraq, and then somebody in the audience is like, is like, my brother is over there, and he's like, I'm sorry, your like brothers can kill children, like. You know, he, he just starts arguing with this woman, and they're like, they're like, and the whole audience is like turning against him and like starting to swarm the stage, and Doug Stano comes out and chases him off stage. It's like, all right, everybody duck sta- uh Alex Jones and just starts like trying to calm the audience down. That's a
3: coward right there, folks. That's a coward, that's a punk bitch who loves the new world order. As I was saying, though. Hey, you want to be slave? Don't worry, there's seven million of you in prisons now, they're building more, and when you're in it, crying for somebody to help you? Why, why am he I? Be asking for you. Yeah, no, you no, no. You'll be asking why the five-bed guys got you bent over the table, and you'll be wishing you weren't a slave, punk, because you weren't man enough to face the new world order. That's right, you're a punk. Don't stand up, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be sitting right there, punk. You just swing first and see what happens. It'll be on video. Alex Jones, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be part of the new world order. He'll be building the president's door. (laughs)
4: Well, yeah, so like Jones it. was in that period where um, it's not that conspiracy theories were apolitical because they had already started moving rightwards in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, but by the time he came around, there was still like a kind of incoherence to it politically. It didn't align the way it does, like kind of perfectly today with QAnon and all of that stuff. So you had like lots of people on the far right and the far left who believed in conspiracy theories um, who were against uh, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, who, um, you know, were 9-11 truthers or believed different things like that. And then Jones was one of those people who kind of helped shepherd, you know, lots of them to the right.
3: If you want to uh, watch some Alex Jones sober with a lot less bombast, so you, and you can actually think, watch uh, 9-11 Road to Tyranny, or uh, or just see the remake, Fahrenheit 9-11. It's a
2: Right, I forgot about the Niall of Trutherism. That's like
0: that's just- like the original, like like the way two thousands people got into right wing conspiracy.
2: Yeah, JFK yeah. was over at that point. So, well,
4: I mean, there it are still left wing people who believe it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's true.
2: True. Yeah. talks about it. I mean, like there, there is like the pieces of like obviously they still keep covering up Saudi Arabia's involvement in it.
4: Um, yeah, they just released more stuff recently where they now are also allegedly tying Saudi Arabia to the anthrax attacks, even though that was officially closed. So wait, like, <laughs> yeah, so there's this newspaper, uh, publicly funded. I'm not sure what it is, uh, called the Florida bulldog. They've been fighting with the FBI since like the late 2010s or, uh, early 2010s. I forget how far back. Um, and a lot of it was getting declassified documents and they just published something over the weekend where um allegedly the fbi established a firm link between saudi arabia uh, saudi intelligence and 9-11 but one of the things that they threw in at the end just as like a weird aside was that they also may have done the anthrax attacks which is bizarre I So, mean- like i'm not like one of the people who believes that the government blew up the towers but i believe that they absolutely knew something was probably going to happen and just didn't do anything to stop it
2: i mean we had the there's the infamous paper, Osama bin Laden planning attack in the United States in, and yeah. in under desk in like 2000. Um,
4: yeah, I mean he had, he declared uh, fatwa on military uh, U.S. military installations in 96, and CNN was interviewing him about it in 97. So it's like they knew something was going to happen.
2: Right.
0: God. Well, to go back to Alex Jones for a minute, my one of my writer friends dated a girl who became his second wife in texas like when he was living he, he still is in texas doesn't he
2: yeah he still is in all and
0: like yeah. he said that like his persona in real life is so fucking like rich dude with tons of nannies and shit <laughs> like that he like this like gun i mean it is for like most conservatives though right like this whole like gun like is such like a facade i don't know if he believes the stuff for real but he definitely like is living this like bougie ass life i don't i don't know i don't think he i i don't think he takes the products he hawks maybe i don't,
2: I don't think any of them do Oh, i wouldn't no. yeah i mean it's
0: like
1: fucking crusty burger he don't, they don't eat that.
0: they said that he just had like as many nannies as like a celebrity or something i guess he is a, like a celebrity well
2: yeah he makes millions of dollars off of yeah. well, i guess advertising but like off those products and everything and i guess memberships and and uh yeah i mean it sort of goes back to like the Bushes and everything when they yeah. took over Texas in this, in the uh, what the sixties, I guess.
4: Yeah. I mean, so that goes back to like the point where conspiracy communities used to be less coherent. You could say to some extent they were more apolitical because mm-hmm. they crossed over in different like sources. So like a lot of the big targets of conspiracy theories, I mean, unless you're talking about like the John Birch society and stuff, right. uh, <laughs> a lot of the early targets were people on the right, Henry Kissinger, the Bush dynasty. Um Oosh. Yeah, like um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of like all those people, Reagan actually figures into a lot of it. So like in the 80s and 90s, these were the people who were seen as universally evil by people in conspiracy communities, regardless of if they held right wing or left wing beliefs. And I mean, they still see them as evil because they see them as part of like a larger cabal now. But um, like, yeah, in the 2000s and especially the 2010s with Trump things sort of aligned in a way where now people are more ideologically coherent, even if they don't have an ideology itself.
2: Yeah, it seems like now with Trump, they've give they've been given an excuse to actually like, uh, like the government, but still hate the deep state even when they're in control of it. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh,
0: oh yeah, they they love the government now. It's doing exactly what they want it, to, want it to do.
2: I mean, a lot of these people, like my my uncle, um, who was like a huge lefty, uh, like like hippie type lefty, like loved, uh, I guess probably Ralph Nader and like Chomsky and stuff, and uh like wouldn't let his daughter eat sugar growing up
0: <laughs> that's how people grow up to be libertarians
2: uh, she is um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but very recently it's a generation
1: and its consequences
2: yeah right um but uh yeah I mean I don't know what happened I don't know how it happened but like yeah he became like a huge uh pro-Trump anti-black lives matter Tucker Carlson watcher was down at that rally on January 6th. He didn't go into the building apparently, but um, yeah. It's actually
4: not too surprising. So like a lot of uh, like there was a lot of what you might call conspiratorial energy on the left um, in the sixties and seventies. And a lot of that was attributable to the hippies, counterculture, what have you, whatnot. Um, One of the things I do, like one of my focus areas in my research is the sixties and seventies. I'm writing a book on it right now. So I'm going through a lot of underground newspapers in the period. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the things, that's why I post about COINTELPRO a lot. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like in those underground papers, um, a lot of the stuff that you see are like what we would call conspiracy theories today. Like you see precursors to stuff like black helicopters, you see like MKUltra mind control programming and all that stuff popping up in a slightly more respectable way um so then when you look at the 60s counterculture you begin to see that it wasn't entirely left-wing there were libertarian currents so it was left libertarian yeah. so it makes more sense when you see a lot of those people shift because they were um like what you would call anti-authoritarian but not in like the sense where they care about fascism they just <laughs> hate like authority in right. some fake sense.
1: individualist
2: yeah, yeah exactly that's what i was thinking yeah because like when you look back Everything they did, it was all completely incoherent and self involved. Like the whole tune in, drop out thing, like it's yeah. all about just being being able to be yourself on your own land. They were all very into very small communes. Like the only real, like real strong leftist current seemed to be like the SDS and the Black Panthers and like some other like slightly revolutionary groups.
1: Yeah. And they pretty yeah. much rejected that. Like the whole counterculture, like tune and drop out thing.
2: Like, yeah, they were very thing. organized.
1: Definitely did. Yeah, because like I mean, the hippie move, like that countercultural movement, was like very much individualist and like and liberal. You know, yeah. it, it, it was you know a more lefter leaning liberalism. You know, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't any type of like principled like political ideology.
2: Yeah. I mean it's mostly just built on like anti-draft movements anyway. So it very
1: much is in line with like a lot of the libertarianist like ideas of like anti just general statism, but like also kind of do whatever the do what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: And I mean, even if you look at some of the leading figures of the counterculture, like um, Dennis Hopper was a Republican his entire life, open libertarian um like some of the figures who would become famous like arlo guthrie who did um alice's restaurant yeah he is someone who's gone back and forth politically he was a ron paul guy for a long time
2: really Um, Fucking Woody guthrie's son is a ron paul guy (laughs) yeah
4: i mean he did come back around to bernie sanders it's not that like a lot of these people didn't have like a coherent worldview even Mm -hmm. if they were fitting in like a left-wing environment and it's not to say like the counterculture entirely was right-wing or libertarian, like there were very strong left-wing Maoist socialist um, currents. But as you pointed out, like the biggest protest movements, like the most effective ones were groups like the SDS up through 68, 69 until it fractured, um, partially due to internal problems, but also partially because of government attempts to splinter the group. Right. Um, the Black Panther Party no was effective until literally the government started murdering or framing their leaders. The first swap so,
2: raid, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I mean Fred Hampton.
2: Yeah. Oh well, yeah, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, how much of the like libertarian left in the United States and like the like when you look at the '60s, you look anywhere else, it looks all much more traditionally left-wing like you look at like may 68 in like france mm-hmm. with all the protests and everything and like you have like uh like godard was a fucking malice like like Mother of their celebrated filmmakers and everything and it looked it looks like the rest of the world was much more coherent in their politics in the united states and do you think cointelpro had a part in that like just sort of cutting it at the like nipping it at the word
1: definitely had a part of that yeah Um, you know those uh, those things overseas were communist they weren't just left right
2: you know i mean there were that's the thing too with here though is like i guess also cointelpro was preceded by like uh all the red scare bullshit like the yeah the going in and the 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 blacklist and hollywood and everything and sort of just stopping out the culture
1: Yeah,
4: I mean, so like, like the FBI had a history, Uh, the FBI was basically formed as a political police. It started in the 1910s. And one of the first things they did in 1917 was the Palmer, Palmer Raids, which targeted literal communists. And then periodically, they would pop up um, to keep doing that. Hoover specifically would feed political intelligence to people like Joseph McCarthy, or various presidents. Uh, COINTELPRO kicked off by targeting the Communist Party of the United States of America. Hmm. So like it, it, like there were communists here, but they weren't always necessarily effective in part because of political repression. So I believe that there have always been like strong ideological movements within America, but I don't think America by and large has ever had like a coherent political movement, if that makes sense. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the right wing does now to some extent, but that's also yeah. still being infiltrated by the feds constantly too, as we saw with like the Gretchen Wilson thing in Michigan. And we saw with however many feds were involved with uh, the QAnon and J- J- not J6, uh, the January 6th and everything. I, I feel, I, can, I can't remember about January 6th. Oh, the Proud Boys have the feds in them and they were yeah. probably one of the organizers and there's probably feds in
4: the Minutemen, not the Minutemen, the, uh, the Oath Keepers. There's so many fucking groups. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the rights always sort of, I don't want to say been better organized, but they've been uh, more consistently organizing since like forever, uh, especially in the 60s. Like the 60s is seen as this great period of like liberal transition in the country. We see these protest movements rising up. We see the civil rights movement. We see the anti draft movement. We see um, uh, second wave feminism taking off. We see all of these like really powerful movements rising up. But one of the things that isn't really talked about is the um, counterbalance the counter revolutions that were forming on the far right that we're only just sort of dealing with today um the paramilitary groups that were forming in that period you mentioned the minutemen
0: right um,
4: they were one of the most extreme groups but you also had the john birch society and other groups like that forming and they started organizing places in places like california which again is also seen as like this bastion of liberal thought but like most of the regressive right-wing stuff we've seen in America since the 1960s has come from California. Um, People like Reagan, for example, were able to transition what was happening in that state on a national level. Mm -hmm. So like they're more effective at organizing, at least in a modern context. And also,
1: I think, reified by the state. Like I. I, the the U.S. is an inherently Mm -hmm. right-wing society. So of course, like the right-wing is going to like, you know, the far right wing is going to have a much easier time organizing because they don't really directly challenge anything of this, like, you know, uh, they don't really directly challenge the state. Uh, that's why, you know, the, all the efforts really go to frustrating like actual like Marxist and communist uh, movements. Yeah. yeah. I mean, So like
4: you- COINTELPRO when they first formed that like the first two or three programs, three or four, I forget how many were targeting communists. It was the Communist Party of the United States, the Socialist Workers Party, so on and so forth. They only got into their right wing group, like the right wing subcategory white hate because they were literally forced to um, because of the murder of the Freedom Riders. Hoover didn't want to deal with um, like right wing terrorism. He didn't think it was a thing. And he himself was extremely far right. Right. So they protected these people. And what you see, you mentioned January 6th, the Proud Boys, all of that, is that even within these right wing groups, they're often led by people who are informants. Uh, One of the focuses of my book, an organization known as the secret army organization, the leader of that group, one of the leaders was a fed and the FBI either directly or indirectly funded their terrorist activities in California. Uh, One of the leaders of one of the KKK splinter groups in the seventies and eighties, Bill Wilkinson, who led the invisible empire splinter Mm -hmm. was um, a fed. He was a federal informant and they did all kinds of terrible shit. So it's like, this is stuff that historically has happened so when you see something like the whitmer plot i I am like of two minds because it does feel like the fbi was probably egging them on and trying to get them to do something but at the the same time yeah at the same (laughs) time it's like even within these right-wing groups like probably most of them, like a good, not most of them, but like a good portion of them are going to be informants or possibly provocateurs.
2: There was actually a film. I don't know why my ex-girlfriend wanted to watch it, but we, yeah. we watched it and uh, it was starring, um, what's the guy who played Harry Potter?
0: <laughs> um, Daniel Radcliffe.
2: Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. He plays like an FBI sort of like desk jockey guy, like just sort of like, a, like a guy in the office who's just like doing data entry or whatever. And then he, um, he gets uh he he's he's becomes uh obsessed with like right-wing terrorism and and white supremacist terrorism and he gets and he convinces him to let him go undercover and it's really strange film because it's based on a real guy and i watched an interview with him after um who's, and he was saying like yeah i mean none of these specific things are what happened, but this is all generally based on all these different things I did. And what happens in the movie is he starts off on a low level, like just sort of white supremacist thugs, like a bunch of tattoos, like just going around trying to beat up black people and shit and uh, getting drunk and whatever. And um, then he like builds his way up to like this sort of North uh, West Pacific people, North Pacific Northwest people that like hang out in the woods and like train and stuff. And then um he works his way up to this other guy who's like who's like a family man uh who wears nice clothes and likes to talk about um like classical music and uh western decay what's decay of western civilization all that bullshit. the villain yeah exactly but like running a cat and shit yeah pretty much i mean but it's like that kind of i mean like I feel like at least I've seen like this kind of like archetype played on real. I mean, like, it's like Richard Spencer, like sort of tries yeah. to play that, that role. Um, and uh, he ends up. So before, before the climax, he ends, he, he, he just keeps pushing people. Just sort of find like, so we're training in the woods. We're like doing all these like army techniques and shit. So like, what are we to do? Like, what's the plan? And uh, he ends up uh, getting in contact with this guy who is clearly uh meant to be alex jones like (laughs) um (laughs) it couldn't be more obvious his voice his demeanor the things he's saying on the thing whatever um and uh he's and he's like trying to get him to like get him in contact with people. He's like, yeah, I want to like blow shit up. Like, and the guy, and then later he's in, the, he's back in the FBI offices and that Alex Jones guy's in a in interrogation. And we're like, here, watch this. And he's like, yeah, this fucking guy is creeping me out. Like, I don't know what was he want. Like, uh, he does not realize he's a fed. And, uh, then the climax of the movie is that he, oh, he finally pushes these fucking guys like the Richard Spencer guy and these other people to build their fucking uh, toxic waste bomb to try and instigate the rice war so that the feds can come in at the last fucking second and uh, shut it down. Like uh, Gretchen, what like,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I absolutely believe stuff like that occurs. Um, partially yeah. like the shift in focus towards right-wing terrorism happened in the nineties because of, uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco, Oklahoma City. And there you can dispute the events and some of those like Ruby Ridge is a little murky because of how it unfolded. Um, but uh, it was mostly because left-wing terrorism by and large disappeared on the level that the FBI was looking to pursue. It yeah. doesn't mean like they still don't do it. Like they've infiltrated um, the earth justice movement. Um, there's speculation they may have been involved with the um bombing of judy berry i'm not sure if that's something that did or did not happen i haven't looked into it enough but then as you get into the 2000s like the george floyd protests the fbi was at the forefront of that ferguson protests the fbi was monitoring um social justice activists pretty much throughout the 2010s it's yeah. only recently well, that we've I, seen the return to that
2: yeah so it's like the only
4: subjects they could monitor for the most part were on the far right for a long time
2: yeah um also, you have like, obviously you have, I mean, not to go down the rabbit hole, but like uh, the Bay of Pigs, like you just have the CIA just like oh, yeah. straight up and Iran Contra just, I, this, we just straight up arm right-wing terrorists all the time. Well, to their governments.
4: Yeah. So that's one of the points I make in when I write about conspiracies and conspiracy, conspiracy theories. When I first started getting into it, I mean, I've always sort of loosely been into it. I grew up with the X-Files in the 90s, like that's always been a part of me. When I started writing about it, like a little more seriously, um, I was actually on the academic side more. I was reading a lot of the literature about people who believe in conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I saw frequently popping up is this tendency among academics to downplay like the actual conspiracies that take place in society with the government's role in perpetuating like conspiratorial beliefs. I don't know how to better phrase that. So things like the JFK assassination, which there is a legitimate debate over what happened. Um, it's not a conspiracy theory to debate if the cia did it because there's a lot of evidence that could potentially point towards that it's hard um,
2: to legitimately say that oswald was the one that killed him or even right. shot at all like considering well, and even
4: if him. he did like the connections he had to various elements within the far right make it right. difficult to portray him as a communist
2: his office in uh, new orleans and um the fucking uh he knew
4: david ferry from the time he was like 14 or 15 yeah he was
2: working he was working out of like the uh the the (sighs) nationals office while also flyering for pro pro, uh, fidel castro like at the same time and also like he's off in russia uh renounces his his, uh his citizenship for the united states and then suddenly comes back and like CIA shit, like
4: (laughs) but there's stuff like that where it's like it's up for debate but then there are real world conspiracies like things that right. actually do happen and it's not like this stuff ever stopped it's right. just like, that there are periods where it's more open like the 60s and especially into the 70s when you get into the church committee hearings uh mm. Rockefeller Commission and like the various things that happened that was open,
2: like Iran like Contra like was was yeah. open but they just denied it for decades until that fucking guy killed himself in 2004 and then only since then is it become sort of accepted that it actually happened.
4: (laughs) Right, and one of the things that you see more recently is that it's acceptable to admit conspiracies happened after a certain period of time. Like they have like a half-life after which they expire and you're fine, you can say it. So most people now accept that the CIA was if not selling cocaine, like crack cocaine in neighborhoods, they facilitated the transfer of it because there's evidence to suggest that they did and they admitted it in the late 90s that they at least knew it was happening and did nothing to stop it. Right. So, you see a lot of like journalists will now go like easier on that or admit it happened, or they'll talk positively of someone like Gary Webb, who was writing about it at the time.
2: Even though at the time they were nitpicking him to death and just saying, yeah. that's a nutcase. Like, what the fuck's he talking about?
4: Right. And there's still some holdouts. I think like the Washington Post, when that movie Kill Messenger came out, wasn't happy about it. But like, I don't mean, the know. Jeff Post. Bezos and
2: <laughs> but you know, Bezos, yeah. they also have uh, what's his name? The Deep Throat guy that like uh, Felt- was potentially what?
4: Oh uh, yeah, W. Mark felt the deep throat guy.
2: No, oh, no, I meant the, uh, the the writer that was brought there from like who had no experience. Woodward. Um, yeah, he has like no journalist experience. Really, just brought on gets that what gets that big case and but like you look into his past and he has like CIA connections. It seems and totally. Uh, and, like, and that he, doesn't
4: mean like what happened with Watergate was necessarily like all wrong. I mean there are conspiracy ideas out there. For example, that like Watergate itself was a cover up for something much bigger like uh, there's supposedly a sex trafficking ring that was happening uh, with DC call girls at the time that Oregon is supposed to have covered up. I don't know how much of that I believe, I've looked into it a little bit, but uh, one of the things that you get into with conspiracy theories is at a certain point when conspiracies do happen, there are then conspiracy theories about the conspiracies, which try to explain right. them.
2: Right. Like, there's also uh, I think Russ Baker wrote about it in the uh, of uh, yeah. secrets about Watergate and the uh, potential that the CIA did that to set up Nixon to get him.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like there's always disputes over like even when conspiracies do happen, like what are the legitimate aspects of it that occurred. So like, there's this phrase limited hangout. It actually comes from the Nixon administration where it's literally like letting half your dick hang out to, you know, distract people from something else. And often stuff like Watergate is seen as a limited hangout where it was like something that occurred to distract people from something else. It could have been because of the um, call girl ring that was supposed to have occurred. It could have been because of, um, I believe the Pentagon Papers is another one where uh, yes. <laughs> some people argue that that happened to distract from revelations about the Phoenix program.
2: Well, I, so, yeah, I was just reading, um, what's it called, uh, or a CIA's organized crime. And he was talking yeah. about how like the CIA comes out clean in it. <laughs> and the guy who leaked it is in the CIA and like, yeah. might've actually been uh, made to do it by William Colby. And
4: <laughs> Yeah. So like one of the things I get into and you'll see is like, you can't believe everything, right? Right. So you have to kind of pick and choose. Um, One of the things again, that pointed me towards a lot of the current writing that I do is like academic research on this states. If you believe in one conspiracy theory, you're automatically predisposed to believe in all of these other conspiracy theories, which isn't correct. It's more that you find things that align with your own beliefs so that the world makes sense. So a lot of people, when they get into something like Watergate, and they see, well, they admitted something happened. They can't let themselves just stop there, and they have to find something that aligns with their worldview, or their ideology, or their perspective on, you know, politics or what have you.
2: And how do you stay grounded throughout all this? On
4: which subject, in general? Yeah,
2: in general, like I mean, like you, you, you. I mean, like you brought the X Files, getting you into this partly, like and. Like when I when I read your tweets, like you seem to cover the gamut. Like you, the paranormal, government, uh, just every you, you seem to be talking about every kind of conspiracy theory there is all the time.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Here, can we hold that thought? I actually need to run off. Yeah, sure. Cool. Thank you. Um,
2: how about you guys? Do you guys?
0: I'm realizing from this conversation how incredibly like mainstream Republican my upbringing was <laughs> because like. My parents were, like, real, like... Like, especially in the 90s, they're not as much anymore. But they were not... They were pretty homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely, like... Anti-abortion was probably, like, the driving factor of their republicanism as a Christians or whatever. And they really, like, hated low taxes and shit like that. But I never heard them talk about stuff like this, ever.
2: What about... Uh, Water- like, from
0: a right-wing perspective.
2: What about Watergate, though? What Did they have any opinions on Watergate?
0: Uh, they not really they just like didn't they were like they were like nixon is the bad republican and then good republican <laughs> reagan came and saved everybody okay I, like i didn't really hear like my dad was a history guy and he was always like he was always a big fan of like the founding of america and like and like like stuff like that and and just like you know how great the founding fathers are
2: i've so, i've talked <laughs> about that recently too actually i feel like It seems like a lot of uh, right-wing history is just based on like trivia,
0: yeah,
1: and not really
2: like connecting things. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's like you know, did you know fucking George Washington said this when he was seven?
2: Yeah, do you know this about uh, General Patton? It's it's
1: hero. It's hero worship. yeah. Yeah, like it. It follows very strict narratives.
2: Right. Yeah. It's like geek culture. It's like talking about Marvel movies, the way yeah, they talk about battles, you know, and Civil it's, War, it's, and shit. It's
1: effectively like revisionist history or very very, uh, specialized history. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. yeah, there's never any sort of. Sorry about of, that. That's okay. Uh, we were just talking about like right wing uh, and I guess left wing approaches to history and how right wing history seems to be much more like trivia based. Like it's not really interested in how things happen, just like there's some sort of uh objective consensus of like well these things happen like this battle happened on this day and this general did this
4: uh, oh yeah no absolutely i agree with you yeah Yeah. i was talking about
1: how concerned with the machinations of how society develops then that's a little
4: that's marxist that's right
2: (laughs) because they're just concerned with like the preservation of this current society
4: (laughs) well and it's funny because when you look at that what they're trying to preserve is always like a liberal interpretation in a prior generation. I remember seeing a <laughs> meme recently where it was like some idiot tweeted something like, this is what we have lost. And it was uh, a young woman in probably like 1972 in a, like a flower sundress holding out flowers, hitchhiking, oh, which song. is like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's something <laughs> conservatives in that era.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Oh, we lost you.
4: Oh,
0: oh you got back.
2: What?
4: Grant
2: oh, I think a, he up. Oh, I heard you him there.
4: Yeah oh, no, I think it. yeah, no, I'm back.
2: Okay. okay. You're talking about the flower children and the right wing.
4: <laughs> yeah, so it's like the return to tradition they're always looking for is a liberal, maybe center version of reality in a prior generation. It's not like they're actually looking for a return to like right wing governance.
2: Yeah. They don't want to live like the Amish or anything either.
4: <laughs> they want,
2: they still want the loose women of the sixties now. No,
0: like conservative <laughs> women are just almost just as likely to like work and, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, there's like, no not
0: always have kids or just like, like what is it like that evangelicals Christians, especially like people who are talking about how like they're going to ban birth control when they're banning abortion only Catholics don't take birth control. Every evangelical, almost every evangelical <laughs> Christian that I knew takes birth control and has two or three kids, you know, like never, my mom took birth control my whole life.
2: So. I remember it was being debated though, even 20 years ago or, or 15 years ago or so, like just about women having to explain like, no, we take birth control, not just for birth control but because it yeah like, it's our hormones and like helps with acne and all these other issues and like i i i mean birth control was only like legalized what in like the 60s ultimately
4: yeah, I yeah. roe Suede wade was what like early 70s when they finally even instituted abortion so it's not like yeah. any of this stuff is going too far back yeah but you were saying before about like how i organize this stuff and that's actually <laughs> one of the ways that i do it um i'm a socialist, like openly, I say that. Um, So when I look at things like this, I look at like the material conditions in which these events occurred, and it frames how I view something. So you actually mentioned evangelicals, which is awesome, because it's something I've written about, like, one of the ways that evangelicals came to power was actually engaging in what we would consider a conspiracy, um, but not in the way that people think of it. So when people talk about the satanic panic they always think of like evangelicals and all the crazy shit that they came up with but part of that was a reaction to the material conditions that were existing around them hmm. so like evangelicals were one of the first critics like in america of globalization and some of the first attacks using like accusations of satanism were targeting companies like mcdonald's and procter and gamble yeah you know organizations corporations that were in opposition to christian organizations values groups so like it was an attempt by early evangelicals to assert both cultural dominance um, and then exert greater financial control over their congregations
0: yeah that's the kind of i was raised in a very like evangelical republican household and so like And like, I remember even in the nineties where they had all those conspiracy theories that Disney had like sex scenes in all these things. And like the entire Southern, Southern Baptist is the largest evangelical denomination. They went on the Disney boycott. And I remember, (laughs) I remember my parents were like, you can still watch Disney, but don't talk about it too much.
4: Yeah. So like what we think of now as the war on Christmas actually begins the war on Halloween in the early seventies. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It started with Falwell and Liberty University. They were looking for a way to make money, and they saw um, early haunted attractions were becoming popular. So they created their own version of the Hell House. Oh, those um, are terrifying. Was the first one nationally?
0: I didn't know Falwell did the first one. I didn't know Falwell um, did the first one.
2: What's involved in those I, again? Like I remember, hearing. you go
0: in there and it just <sighs> has like scenes of people like they're doing drugs or like they're getting like raped or like Holy shit. Like Dude, all the stuff. not that really but they're the like, they
1: like actors or like mannequins?
0: yeah actors it's just yeah. like oh, you. oh god
2: yeah. i feel and just pretend to be raped all I day
1: i don't even like normal <laughs> yeah. street theater that they're like just people
0: getting into sinful situations and then at the end you like go into this room like i'll remember i went to one in high school and at the end you went into this room where like people were dancing and there was like angels and stuff and they were playing <laughs> they were playing you can oh i can only imagine <laughs> and like then you and then they um and then they were like anybody who wants to turn their lives to jesus tonight you tell me we'll pray with you
1: mm-hmm.
4: God. <laughs> but they built off of that like if you look at newspaper clippings up through the 70s you don't really see halloween and satanism or satanic you don't see like the association there yeah because of for the most part like people, it was like, there may have been like small groups of people who thought it <sighs> was evil, but it wasn't like a wide belief because it came from, if I remember correctly, it was supported by Irish immigrants. And then as I believe so. If huh. I'm remembering correctly, i I'm not you. like salwyn but like actual, like a tradition, um, out of, I believe Irish immigrant families, I could huh. be wrong there, hmm. but that, what you see like- in the seventies is, yeah. um, letter letter writing campaigns really begin to kick off because of people like Falwell and it, increases intensity in the 80s you start seeing all the crazy documentaries you know accusing like halloween of being satanic and by the early 90s it's like this meme within evangelical circles and then it eventually transitions into the war on christmas because i think it probably lost steam i don't know
2: i never even actually heard that the war on christmas went that far back i thought i was associated with like bill o'reilly but i mean that's more like my political awakening i guess
4: Yeah. I mean, he was pulling from currents within evangelical groups. They formed a lot of the modern messaging that you see on the far right, or even just the mainstream, right? The mainstream right is the far right today. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I wasn't, I I knew lots of kids. Like my denomination was like not big on Halloween at all. But like, again, my parents were like, we can celebrate Halloween, but you can't dress as any of these scary demonic things. (laughs) And then like, don't tell people at church that you're doing this. Mm
2: -hmm. Brandon, isn't your family Christian?
0: Yeah. um, But um, I think,
1: I think the, the, the weirdest way it manifested when I was young was um, like, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. (laughs) Like I, I, I thank them now for it because.
2: Yeah. Look at you. Did they they show you the onion article that was going around then?
1: (laughs) No they're yeah. they're just like they're just like ah oh, like that that doesn't sound good. And then and then, I, and then and then as I got older I found out that like uh, you know they are
0: you could be like, like me and have like, a Harry Potter Harry, tattoo now. Like <laughs> they don't
1: really, you know, they they're not like you know they don't talk about it very often, but I know but I know secretly they're kind of like end times people
2: right well I remember you like when we did I don't I don't think I told you this Robert but we started this podcast by uh repeating this one conversation we had every couple of weeks for a year yeah. and um, so I have a lot of memories from that now and one of the things right have talked about you talked about was um your mom like not uh saying that women had one less rib because of Adam and Eve yeah. And, uh, so that's why I was wondering well, like
1: being a nursing student, yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I, but lately, uh, you know I've been, I've been talking to her Like, about politics and stuff And, you know, kind of, like, getting her to realize That the U.S. is evil And uh, <laughs> what it's done to, like, us specifically And our family, you know Like, how, like, you know How, like, the fucking, like, internalized capitalism Like, exacerbated my grandfather's You know, uh, paranoia yeah. All that stuff, and, like, you know So, like it's it's very obvious to me that like you know their their religious upbringing is something that's uh, I think supplanted their their loss of culture,
2: mm-hmm. like
1: their loss of cultural identity because of you know a lot of pressure to assimilate.
2: I didn't even thought about that. I guess, but yeah, I guess yeah, can yeah like that's
1: that. you know that's uh that's effectively where they found community. Like even even growing up, I would go like you know because my my mom. She found it independently. So, you know, her, she had nobody, no, no, there was no Thai community that she, uh, she had connections to when, you know. Um, And uh, so she found, she found community to the church. My dad, they're, they're, they were Catholic from Indonesia. So like, even growing up, um, I would go to like Indonesian Christian churches. Mm. Yeah, because that was that was kind of a where you would be you know it's, it's the same with a lot of like ethnic minorities
2: yeah because what else is there? there's not like just like a like a freemason indonesian club or anything like yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's really interesting <laughs> i read somewhere that Sundays, like christian churches are still some of the most segregated places on earth as far as like what kind of church you go to
4: yeah, I mean, it's based traditionally on, I mean, churches were historically based on like racial segregation, at least in America. So yeah. uh, I believe it still perpetuates itself to this day for the most part.
2: Yeah, there was no force in there, there was no Brown versus Board for churches. So it's just sort of like reliant on them. Like occasionally you'll see like in some southern town, like the churches will trade priests for a day or something. And
4: yeah.
1: But, well, uh, and I mean, that's where a lot of the modern, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it's also kind of one of the few, like, acceptable ways for ethnic minorities to congregate in the U.S., you know, like, you know, yeah. it's, because it's, because it's still a vestige of colonialism.
2: Before the FBI comes in, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> Unfortunately, if you're Muslim, they will do that.
2: Well, that's true, yeah. Oh. Actually, religious doesn't really work for them. Yeah. No, no, uh, it's the Christ- Christians mostly.
1: Yeah,
4: too. you can get away with it that uh, if you're a Christian. Otherwise, probably not. Yeah,
2: God, I just want to be like, uh, the... After 9-11, the NYPD had like all of that those spy tools they had to go hang around mosques, like to, yeah. like, to, like to sound things to listen in. And
4: I mean, there's still lawsuits like dealing with that. I mean, the way it looks, at least we, in a number of cases, it looks like the FBI probably tried to push people into committing terrorist acts. Well, we know um,
2: that, right? I mean, like, yeah. like there, there was... was the
4: pizza guy that is like the notorious one where he was just depressed and suicidal. And he talked to, I think, two separate FBI agents posing as women who were like, if you do a jihad, that would, I, I would love you forever. So yeah. like he All under plotting a terror plot.
2: <laughs> a liberal so, icon, James Coney was uh, yeah. overseeing this.
4: <laughs> so like there, there's lots of examples of that, which is again, why I point to there are real world conspiracies that exist. It's just yeah. the way people, hmm. the way they frame this is they see it as just being part of the system or if there are more traditional Uh, Marxist or socialist, they just see it as like a function of capitalism. Um, But the way I look at it is you have to also use the language that people speak. And conspiracy is a language that crosses political beliefs and, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, race, gender. Most people can understand the language of a conspiracy because it's very simple when you lay it out for most people. Right. Um, so that's why I point to things like Go and Tell Pro, which set up a foundation for what we see today, like the harassment of Muslims.
2: I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't even still necessarily know that much about that, or know. No. I mean, I feel like the thing that really kills a lot conspiracy theories for a lot of people is just like sort of thought-terminating cliches about who uh, believes any conspiracy theory. <laughs> like, just right. the concept of like. I mean, I joke. I. I I I joke about because it it's still funny to me when uh, I interviewed that outer conspiracy theorist, um, not like a well-educated one like you, like just like sort of like a weirdo, um, but like he, I asked him about like his upbringing. Is it like it's like what how did this all start with you? And he's like, well, when I was growing up, my parents were alcoholics, and I was like, oh, so do you yeah. think that like that contributed that like you wanted to see like you needed some control over the world? And he's like, yeah, maybe, um.
4: Well, I mean, so when you look at a lot of the people who get embraced by um, even conspiracy theorists on the right, a lot of the people who are seen as whistleblowers or the people who get raised up are people who come from decent backgrounds. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it's just I don't think economics alone plays a role in that. I don't even know how much of a role it plays um, because it's one of those things like people across, you know, tax brackets believe crazy shit. Uh, Americans in general don't have like a coherent um, ideology, even when you talk to, uh, I canvassed for a labor union one summer, um, and the stuff that I would hear from people wouldn't make sense to me. Like we'd be out there, um, you know, canvassing on some issues related to labor or um, collecting signatures, whatever. And some dude would want to come up to me and talk about the Illuminati. And I'm like, uh, that's not what i'm here for man (laughs) and then you talk to someone who is like a more traditional liberal but they would be against abortion so like a lot of these people just don't have coherent beliefs they just have things that they feel i think
1: it's like I, i think people are prone to conspiracy theories because the the worldview that they're told that like they're educated with does not match up to the reality of what's going on yeah. Right. Like, and and they like, and it's it's very obvious. Like everybody can understand that something is not right. Something's not going on. The government isn't doing what it's saying it's supposed to do. Your life isn't improving the way people said it was supposed to. Things aren't things aren't adding up. And you know, they're with the like a you know a very a comprehensive like materials analysis of what's going on. You understand what the forces are that are causing that you know, and that there are direct forces that are causing that type of subjugation and like, and and that type of exploitation. Right. When you don't understand what's going on, you're, you are desperate to find some type of answer because Mm -hmm. you can't just not know.
2: Yeah. I mean, when I was working on the Hillary campaign, this one woman walked into our field office the one time and just started, it's like saying like, I read online that Hillary Clinton's a Satanist and that she, she is yeah sure the she's all the of Satan. <laughs> I'd actually
4: be the <laughs> least of it. Close. pretty
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. um, close.
2: I mean, I think most people just dismiss it. Like, like when I talk to people, they like. <laughs> they like have like a vague memory of like the the kennedy assassination and like it's not like quite right or whatever but they're sort of like yeah i mean it was probably him though like like yeah. what else is it gonna be and like they have like vague ideas about like like i was just what i was just i've been thinking a lot about this past couple days because i've been reading and watching these fucking movies and stuff i've just been trying to get in the right mindset um but uh I often wonder, like, if I asked, like, if I just asked people, what do you think the CIA does? What would they say?
4: <laughs> I don't yeah. think most people would have an idea.
0: I don't have an idea. And I'm sitting yeah. here, right? Like, I don't know how to describe what they do. They yeah. they do show conspiracy. up in movies. <laughs> what they do. <laughs> <laughs> <are conspiracy. laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I think some of this is uh, what you were saying is absolutely 100% correct. People they can diagnose the problem, but they don't know where the problem came from or how to solve the problem. And because of various problems in this country, uh, due to the way education is handled, due to the way the media has been going since the seventies and eighties, due to the way the economy has been going, um, they don't have answers except like what's being fed to them. And most often those are right-wing conspiracy theories. So obviously those things are going to catch more strongly. Um, The media in this country isn't a liberal media. It's been right wing for probably 30 years through like forces like deregulation, which were put into effect to cause that. So the fact that like people believe these things, they know something is wrong. We've had like 20 or more major financial scandals since the year 2000, no one gets punished. So what do you see when you see that you see some vast conspiracy at work without an understanding like, uh, without a framework like socialism Mm. to look through that and understand why that's occurring. You see a cabal, you see um, Jewish conspiracy theories, you know, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, you see lizard people, you see all of these things that are obvious nonsense because that's the only framework you have to look through the world because it's being fed to you, like literally fed to you
2: it goes beyond conspiracy too, right? Because like I remember um, when I took sex co- courses on secular Judaism in college, like people, I was the only uh, non-Jewish person in the classes. Um, it's often a case where I took all these weird uh, courses based on other ethnicities and uh, genders and everything. But um, they g- people, like they all had stories about people. Uh, all the other, like all the Jewish kids in my class had stories about like people thinking they had horns. <laughs> like That's a thing? <laughs> Yeah, like people just, people just think these things, or like I mean, or like a more benign version is like I I lived in Mississippi for a year and a half, and like um, I remember in high school, I was in high school and uh, in a very very small private high school, and like kids, like the teacher, I'm gonna probably talk about like. How, like this one girl went to dc for some sort of thing everybody's like oh what's it like up there uh because they just have no fucking idea <laughs> and um and they and the uh, one person was like yeah this one time i went up to uh it was like something ridiculous it was like memphis or like kansas city or something it was like not, not even in the north but she's like like oh people she said people would ask her like oh you're from mississippi like you guys wear shoes like people just have no concept <laughs> of their immediate universe too <laughs>
0: oh my god do you you people
2: have shoes they, people don't know i mean like when, when you consider what you if you like consider what you hear about mississippi generally like you know yeah. it's the poorest state in the union you know it's the worst education you know that like it's just like a dilapidated mess but like it is it does have cities and like it does yeah. have roads like i i did drive through a town in montana that only had one paved road and uh it the the, the grocery store had um had a had one poster board with all the graduating class of high school, and another poster board, and it was like fifteen people. And her poster board had all people going to Iraq, and it was like thirteen people. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh,
1: yeah, the ones about like the, the reports of how like um you know like people are under like poor you know they seem poorly educated and like um you know uh and and poor in the south yeah actually because of a parasite wait what yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember i remember i remember seeing this when i was a kid i'm like that doesn't sound oh, right. that doesn't okay
2: <laughs> but yeah but it's, it's easy to believe, believe when like you this is all information you get like and i yeah. think that's that feeds into a lot of these theories yeah. it's just, yeah, I but not, like, don't the obvious
1: answer it. is like yeah it's because nobody there's no fucking money for infrastructure and education and they don't care
2: yeah i mean but, if you no, don't know what fucking, news then of course, course you're gonna like
1: that goes in through the
2: barefoot
0: insane. <laughs> so, like, imagine what those people who don't know what Washington D.C. or Mississippi are like. Imagine what they think what other countries are like, or like w- other races that they're not, or like.
2: Well, there's another thing. Oh, I was, uh, my art class, my teacher, I really liked. He was generally somewhat progressive and everything. At one point, somebody said uh, something about they were to t- the class. It was like, I, all the classes were like five to 10 people at most. Cause it was a very, very weird small school. But, um, I'm going to put yourself up with, like Muslim people and my teacher who I respected and I liked, I thought he was like the, probably the most progressive person at the school. <laughs> Maybe not. It turns out, but like he said, uh, yeah, I have no problem with Muslim people. I just don't want anyone living next to me.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, there you go.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean- yeah. Unfortunately, the way this country is set up, um, it's very easy to not interact with people and. If you're constantly being bombarded with media messages, the internet, and things that are telling you, like, like that are reaffirming your belief that something is wrong with the world, which is correct, but then they're telling you (laughs) it's like this evil group of people you've never interacted with, like, in many cases, it's understandable that someone would be like, yeah, that's why my problems exist, rather than being like, oh, the person telling me this is actually the reason my problems exist.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I
1: mean, uh, and maintain, uh, maintaining ignorance of the rest of the world uh, makes it easier for you to go and commit atrocities in yeah. the rest of the world. divide yeah. and conquer.
4: <laughs> and yeah. I mean, even like I was saying before, deregulation itself, you can view that as a kind of conspiracy because the purpose of media deregulation was to remove things put in place to, um, I don't want to say bring about an equitable exchange because like the Fairness Doctrine wasn't exactly like perfect. Um, but it guaranteed at a minimum that you wouldn't be overrun with something like Fox News. Fox News News would not have been able to exist prior to 87 or 88 when that was repealed. Uh, Removing ownership of media organizations would not have allowed like mega corporations like uh, News Corp, which owns Fox to exist. So like a lot of this stuff was consciously done in a way that you can make an argument that it was a conspiracy. Um, As liberals began focusing on large newspapers like the New York Times, Washington Post, you started seeing a hollowing out of news coverage in middle America. Hmm. So like local news stations, local newspapers were getting bought up by right wing groups, specifically evangelicals who were um, opening up radio stations so that literally the only news that you have or something similar to news was what they were feeding you.
2: And now you have Sinclair Broadcasting buying all of the local stations around the country too.
4: Yeah, Sinclair is a great example of that.
2: Also, on my my when I was in grad school, I my uh, my advisor she talked about how um, I forget if it was when she was in grad school or what, but like around the time, like not long after Rush Limbaugh hit the scene, she uh, started looking into like there was like all this coverage when there's a lot Rush Limbaugh hit the scene about like this new guy this new provocateur and yeah. he's so interesting people love him and all this stuff and she started looking into it and it's like it's all backed by the same fucking like news organizations that are also owned by the or by the radio station that's playing him yeah. like they, they just astroturf these fronts I mean it sounds like a conspiracy but like when the media has like when the, me- the the media is trying to make money and they need they try to build support for the things they're presenting. So like yeah, I mean South Park too. Like Viacom owned how many fucking stations and how many different media outlets and like of course they love the controversy surrounding it when it came out because that's how you got it, people to watch it in the first place.
4: Exactly. I mean like a large proportion of Democrats actually watched Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, which it. <laughs> doesn't make sense, but like in a way it does, because he's covered everywhere. He's covered in the New York times, the Washington post, even the negative coverage for people like that functions, you know, in a PT Barnum sense where it's like all news is good news. So right. like, there's no way that these people don't become successful because they're literally pushed from both sides. Um, in some cases, because like the media companies that present themselves as liberal are in fact, maybe not like AT and which um, was responsible for funding OAN. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've, <laughs> they've said they're going to cut ties since then. Um, but like, they're the reason that that network exists. Like it would not have existed literally without their backing. So like yep. the idea of a liberal corporation is just like this stupid myth. Most of them <laughs> moron. Yeah. They're just trying to make money. Yeah,
0: man. We're about to, speaking of which it's about to be rainbow corporation season. <laughs>
4: Uh <laughs> right. oh, that's terrible. Have I
1: always hate when I see that ship to Ukraine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, um I guess we've been talking for like an hour. Um uh, thank you for talking to us. I'm always I'm always interested in reading your stuff. Um I'm sorry we didn't, I, I was actually I did want to know more about like what you actually do, <laughs> Cause I actually don't know what you do. but um.
4: Oh, so I work in social services, uh, which is that. another reason why I uh, kind of am the way I am. I worked in fundraising and nonprofits. Uh, when oh, I got, okay. So I was actually in the military, which, again, <laughs> pointed me towards this because it happened during the WikiLeaks drops. So that oh, immediately wow. made me like reconsider what I was doing. And then I got out, went to school, worked in nonprofits, saw how evil that world is. <laughs> had to get out and now I work in social services which is slightly better but again seeing how the system disenfranchises people it's like this isn't a flaw this isn't a mistake it's by design like there, yeah people can't get access to benefits because of arbitrary rules that are put in place on purpose
0: do you yeah. have any ideas on like I don't even know if this is a question that can be answered like to make it better
4: what like conspiracy theories
0: or just like I don't know, like helping, maybe redirecting it.
2: Maybe re- redirecting conspiracy theories or or like resources for people's just lives. like
0: people, yeah, just like people who are into conspiracy theories and redirecting it to like more. I don't know. I guess you can't really change people's minds.
4: Well, so I I don't think you can stop it. Like I know recently they announced there's going to be a disinformation governance board, which is a terrible idea because (laughs) eventually, so like they're going to put their person in power, but eventually the Republicans are going to take over and it's going to get abused. That's how these programs work years. (laughs) Yeah, so like with COINTELPRO, it's not that like it got created under a Democrat, I believe, Eisenhower or I forget who was president at the time um, off the top of my head but like at like its worst aggressions took place under nixon because he just took all of like the restraints <laughs> that were sort of there but maybe not totally adhered to it. he's just like go at it so yeah. like there isn't really a way to stop it because the problem's there the problem isn't that people believe conspiracy theories the problem is that money exists to push these things and exists to push right. certain beliefs trump wasn't like he wasn't an aberration people want to think like oh if we got him out of office things would be great but look where we are today it's actually yeah. objectively worse it because- does seem like
2: liberals are sort of catching on finally that like things are not i don't not-
4: think they are i, I, I don't think they are. they are maybe not i, I, think, I think, they're think they're worried about trump and that's credit. it
2: yeah i don't know i feel like i'm seeing more people on twitter at least i mean which is the people i follow i guess generally so it's <laughs> like not the not the best sample but um I feel like people I saw before that were more uh, into the idea that removing Trump will result in more positive things or realizing like, oh, Biden's just not going to do anything like it's just we're not going well, re- to have what-
1: to. Well, what can they cling to? There's there's, you know, they'd they be,
0: they be there's l- literally not enough formula for babies to eat right now.
4: Yeah.
2: And all they have to do is just re- Yeah, it's just uh, get rid of the Trump uh, tariff. On Canada to bring to, if we can import it again.
4: But like one of the things you look at with Biden is he said he was going to do all of these things to repeal what Trump had done. And he just doesn't or refuses to or in some cases goes in the direction Trump did. Like if you look at the covid funding, he's now saying to give to police. He's trying to <laughs> like shift further right than Trump on certain issues, which like one of the reasons Trump won in 2016. Yes, misogyny and all of that. But he also ran to the left of Clinton on a number of issues like the Iraq war. Yeah. It's not that he actually believed right. that shit. Clearly he yeah. didn't. He killed Soleimani.
2: Yeah, um, he, he ran against free trade and then he fucking made trade. Yeah, against. <laughs> so he,
4: he just has to like say stuff to make himself seem anti-establishment, which is one of the reasons why like none of this will get better because like the people who have access to the resources, the news uh, coverage, the money, like they can just say whatever the hell they want, whether, whether or not it makes sense. So yeah. like you can't really stop conspiracy theories, especially the right-wing variant. Because they have too much institutional backing, financial backing—like they're backed by everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, on that note,
4: what
1: <laughs> <I'm> not the <sure laughs> you know. Panthers did and sell uh, the red book, Smith. Wait, what? Do what the Panthers did and sell Mao's little red book. <laughs> <laughs> your
2: other landlords?
3: And it's all admitted. And I'm the weirdo who sits there and watches. C-SPAN documentaries where they've got the eighty-five-year-old CIA section chief, you know, who back in nineteen fifty goes, "Well, actually, the CIA was behind Mao and we put him into power." Of course, I already knew that, but now these these bastards are admitting it. Mao Tom killed fifty million people.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: yeah, everybody. Uh, yeah, conspiracy or not, I don't care what you believe. You hate your landlord. You hate yeah. Your yeah. Landlord. <laughs> That's you know, the truth. That's something we can all get behind.
2: Yeah.
4: Run on an anti um, landlord platform that will <laughs> win. Oh.
2: Yeah. All right, well, I we should end this before it gets unwieldy like most of our episodes, but uh <laughs> I would love to have you back at some point too just to talk more about like your origins and all this, but also sure. potentially talk in um, October about your theory that uh, Michael Myers is a uh, MK <laughs> Ultra. Let <laughs> um, <I don't laughs> so- to write that
4: out. Not Mike, oh, Myers,
2: Jennifer, Michael Myers, the the Halloween character,
4: the guy in the <laughs> oh. mask.
1: <laughs> I just watched. Although, although Austin Powers, I think, might be a psyop too. Yes. Oh,
0: oh, Austin Powers is for fucking sure a psyop. Well,
2: Austin Powers, if you watch the first movie when he first gets out, when he sort of i on frozen. Russian
0: intelligence,
2: are you mad? A lot's happened since you were frozen. The Cold
3: War's over. Well. Finally, those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes,
2: eh? Hey, comrades, Hey. Eh? Austin, we won. Oh, groovy, smashing! Yay, capitalism! So, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Please do write that. I really do want to read that because I thought <laughs> that I, th- I know, like I, I'm, I'm, I want to look into. Actually, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm, I don't want to. talk – I won't talk about it all now because, like, I'm very curious about like the films. Uh, how film handles the CIA and MKUltra and everything too so but uh, yeah thank you so much for coming on like I, 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 I said I, yeah, yeah, I no, thanks it. for I having me on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah alright <laughs> we're
3: caught in a trap I can't walk out because I love you too much baby